Hello, this is Brendan O'Shea. Welcome to this exclusive interview from my archives. For a deeper dive into my interviews and features, please explore tall-poppies.com. That's tall-poppies.com. I appreciate your interest and hope you enjoy the content. Today we meet the writer and film director Scott Millwood. I thought if I could make documentary films that reflected the stories and values that I believed in, perhaps that may be a way of changing things or influencing our communities. Scott Millwood is an Australian filmmaker who now lives in Germany. Born in Tasmania in 1973, he studied at the University of Melbourne, where he specialised in international law and human rights. In 2003, Scott Millwood wrote and directed Wildness. The documentary tells the story of two Tasmanian wilderness photographers whose work marked the emergence of the environmental movement in Australia. Wildness won several major awards, including Best Documentary at the Australian Film Institute Awards in 2003 and was nominated for Best Documentary at the Australian Film Critics Circle Awards the same year. Millwood also wrote and directed Gather, a new media installation in which portraits of people in various landscapes were projected into 30 screens during the opening of a landmark Melbourne building. Well, Scott Millwood recently completed the feature documentary called Whatever Happened to Brenda Heen. It's the story of one of the first leaders of an environmental political party in the world whose fight to save Tasmania's Lake Pedder led to her mysterious disappearance in 1972. For people who've never seen Lake Pedder, let's fly in over the mountains, up over the Franklin Ranges, the Buttongrass Plains. Then you see the blue of Lake Mariah which is a series of small lakes behind Lake Pedder. And then this wonderful beach, and to, to drop in and see this jewel down there of blue surrounded by white beach, to get lower and lower, and you see that the white beach is pink, and there's a herringbone pattern where the wind has blown the water up and it's receded. And then wheels down and it's a hard, hard beach. Unbelievable. An excerpt from the film Whatever Happened to Brenda Heen. Well, when I met Scott Millwood prior to a Berlin screening of the documentary, I asked him firstly about how Tasmanians varied from other Australians. Well, I think we're all defined by place. And Tasmania is an island below Australia and a small island with under half a million people. And a very different landscape, actually, to mainland Australia. It has rugged and old mountains and valleys left by glaciers, in many ways an impenetrable wilderness. In fact, in the early days of colonialism, a third of the island was called Transylvania because it conjured up those kind of images for the, the British settlers at the beginning. So I do think that the place itself, the landscape, defines us. The other thing that does make Tasmanians different and has been important in modern conservation history is that it has always been at the forefront of a conservation battle. Conservation and environmentalism itself in Australia emerged from Tasmania, from you know this little island. Mm. 
And that happened because there has been a constant battle between those who would like to see, you know, some of the last wild wilderness in the world left untouched and a quite old-fashioned industry of mining and forestry that uses those natural resources, you know, as the basis of an economy. So that friction was quite different to the rest of mainland Australia where other industries developed. It had a very basic industry in Tasmania. I mean, this is one of the things that I explore in the film as well of how are we different and where does where did this violence and silence come from in relation to the disappearance of Brenda Heen? Why could Tasmanians themselves not get to the bottom of, of what happened um, to this woman? And I think that part comes from Tasmania's very extreme um, convict history and a very harsh colonialism, a much harsher colonialism in many ways than the, the rest of mainland Australia. The Black Wars were a policy of the colonial governments in Tasmania to eradicate the Aboriginal population and a kind of gen cultural genocide at least was success successfully carried out. The harshness of that original experience, I think, is something that Tasmanians still carry. And and we see that coming out culturally in still in the present day with our relationship with the environment. I want to go through a couple of the impressions that were sort of left with me afterwards. One of them was the fact that I came away thinking, goodness me, what a violent place Tasmania is. And that shocked me somehow because my image of, of this beautiful green island at the bottom of Australia and all the various things that, that go with that, the, the wonderful uh, wilderness, the wonderful environment, treasures that are there, somehow this, this feeling of violence overwhelmed me. It is there. It is a rarely acknowledged violence that lies just below the surface. I do think because I've lived in, in Deutschland, in Germany, for some time now, and there's such a sense in, in, in Germany that you cannot ignore the past. In fact, the, the past demands to be examined. And regardless of how dark and how violent that may be, to, it's a brave people who are prepared to look at the past and consciously continue to live for a future understanding that past and you know I admire Germany very much for having the courage to do that. I think I brought that same idea to this film when I, re I returned to Tasmania from Berlin to make this film and I wanted to stick my camera down the ant hole and understand how could this have happened to an environmental activist? How could we not have spoken of it? What, why do we constantly leave these secrets unspoken? And that's another theme of the film, where, you know, this idea of sort of secrets and lies, of silence and violence. Those things are the things I wanted to provoke and bring out. How is it for a young guy growing up in Tasmania with this sort of violent surrounding? It's quite isolating. I mean, I grew up, and this is why I make environmental films now, I grew up with this environmental battle right at my doorstep. But I also, I'm 35, I grew up in the, in the 70s in Tasmanian 80s. And you have to also 
imagine that was a time when there was no internet. We um, had no international television. Tasmania was an island at the end of the world with a small insular population. So it felt very closed off from the world. So I suppose growing up, I thought this is how the world is. As one becomes older and, and you know, I've lived um, overseas or in, in, in Germany, then you measure that experience, you know, against the world and not all places are as culturally violent as somewhere like Tasmania. That is a truth. And that violence certainly comes from convictism, I think. And Tasmania still is very white, very sort of British in its sensibility. That violence comes out because Tasmania is a bit like a war zone for, for environmentalism. And certainly the rhetoric of war is often used. And in the film, I made a point of interviewing a whole lot of different environmentalists who work now about the kind of violence they um, had been the recipients of. Because I thought if it still happens, then that also reinforces the fact that something violent could have happened to Brenda Heen. And the threats and violence against current um, environmentalists in Tasmania is quite extraordinary. I mean, an example in the film is that Senator Bob Brown, the leader of the Australian Greens, was in um, a forest at a, a protest and was shot at by a farmer with his shotgun. Police were present, protesters were present, it was witnessed by a number of people. The, luckily, the, the shot went over his head and everybody hit the ground. In my book, that's an attempted assassination of a political leader. That person was charged eventually, after much public pressure, with the misdemeanour of discharging a shotgun on a Sunday. So, I mean, I say this not to attack my homeland, but to hold up a mirror to how things are. And part of me in, in making this film wanted to hold up that mirror because only when we're prepared to look in it can a place begin to change. Mrs. Heen, in the fight to save Lake Pedder, conservationists have been accused of hysterical behaviour. Are you hysterical when you say save Lake Pedder, even at this stage? Uh, no. This is our battleground for conservation. And if we lose Pedder, so much will be lost for the cause. From being a lawyer to being a filmmaker, how much of the lawyer part of you can we find in these films? There is, I suppose, a sort of lawyerly way of thinking, but I do have to say I've hardly practised as a lawyer. When I was at film school, I studied international law and I had dreams, I suppose, then I was very idealistic of changing the world and becoming a diplomat or working in international law. And as my studies went on, I became less inspired by that possibility. And I thought, if I could make documentary films that reflected the stories and values that I believed in, perhaps that may be a way of changing things or influencing our communities. So I suppose this idea of wanting to influence change and ways of thinking, I ended up adopting through, through narrative. And how much then of your lawyer skills have come into making the films in the sense of getting information out of people, being able to decipher the truth from perhaps slightly more coloured stories. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I haven't been asked these kind of angles before. In this film, Whatever Happened to Brenda Heen, because it is a murder mystery, essentially, 
then my lawyer's skills, the skills of an investigator, and my film storytelling skills did come together. The film begins, in fact, with a claim that I'm looking for the truth of what happened to Brenda Heen. People have said to me, why? Why bother? Why not? I'm glad you are bothering, because it's an unsolved mystery, which could be an unsolved crime. You don't know. Max and Brenda were lost, and we want to know why. Well, of course, the, the mystery isn't solved. And one of the frustrating things, I think, probably for you, as for all of us, probably is to get to the film and realise that you, you end up not finding the light plane. However, the journey takes you in another way, doesn't it? It does. For me, the process and the journey of looking for what happened to Brenda Hain, to ask the questions. And I do have to say we discovered much more than was known before. We discovered all these clues. I interviewed the, the main suspect, who appears on, on camera in the film there and when I went back to make it, you know, I use my Tasmanianness because you have to be an insider in a place like Tasmania to tell a story like this. There's a real sense of insiders and outsiders. Although we don't find the plane, you become aware that the, the myth of Brenda Heen to this place is more important than a plane. We can take Scott Millwood, of course, out of Tasmania, but can we take Tasmania out of Scott Millwood? Probably not. We all become... And we all belong to the place where we're from. Berlin has seeped into my veins as well. But there will always be a part of me that remains connected to meine Heimat, that Tasmania pushes me and pulls me and I love it and it hurts me. Maybe that's what a Heimat does. Filmmaker Scott Millwood. This is Brendan O'Shea. For a deeper dive into my interviews and features, please explore tall-poppies.com That's tall-poppies.com I appreciate your interest and hope you enjoy the content. <laughs>